What's going on, guys? Charles Ware up here, aka the Handsome Mobile, aka Captain Permit, aka El Judio Mavioso. For the win. And on this week, we have straight girl power. We have Stacy St. John. I almost said Jessica St. John because I know her family member from Olex Properties. <laughs> Yeah, kid. Welcome, welcome to back to another episode of the Handsome Home Buyer Podcast. Mazel tov. I think that's that's <laughs> I think that's appropriate to kick this one off. Um, obviously, obviously, I'm the Handsome Home Buyer. If you have a house that smells like cat pee, dated from the 1960s, six inches of mold on the wall, human waste floating past the basement steps, quick, easy, good time. You know it. Lots of energy. I want to buy it. Five one six seven 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 sold. Obviously, if you have a problem with permits, and everyone has a problem with permits. Everybody. Everyone has a problem with the town. Everyone. They yell at you. They really yell they at you. They talk to you for working on a house without a permit like you're selling kids into sex slavery or for something. For sure, right out the front door. I don't really understand <laughs> it. There's a lot of anger there. But uh, like I always say, we didn't invent the game. We just need to know the rules of the game. So if you need to know the rules of the game, Levy. Yo. You know who you should call? Captain Permit. Captain Permit. 516-513-883. If you need plans, permits, anything permit related, all across Long Island, Elmont to Montauk, tip to tip, Whatever you need, interior alterations, legalizations, new construction, commercial, deck sheds. If you're a realtor, an attorney, a title person, an investor, a builder, what am I missing? First time home buyer who needs help with a permit? Anybody. We got you. 516-513-8838. This is awesome. I'm excited about this. Super excited. I feel like we just had... A, a, a mini podcast prior to the podcast. Sure. But now we're gonna we're gonna redirect. We're right back in. This oh, hold on. I gotta shamelessly plug myself for a second. Is that cool? Text platform. I haven't been promoting this as much as I really need to be. Five one six wait. Get a pen, get a paper, get your phone out, put it in there. Five one six eight seven one three five one one. That is my direct line text platform. If you have any questions, real estate related, permit related, anything to do with what I may or may not know, hit me up. It's me. It's not a bot. I'll get back to you. 516-871-3511. Very cool things happening in there right now. People doing their first deals, people doing wholesale deals, just a lot of really cool stuff going on in the community. And I welcome everybody. 516-871-3511. All right. Girl power. Super girl power. Super girl power. You <laughs> fucking, you hit the scene like, like a... <laughs> I don't see, you know, people say, oh, you don't see the 10-year the lead-up or the three-year lead-up sure. or like the five-year lead-up, right? So I just met you. And so today's guest, Stacey St. John from Olex Properties, fellow Wanta person. I actually grew up with her husband's family, which is interesting. Super interesting. And you you know, uh, you did a couple of real estate drive-arounds, I think, with Chris's mom, too. Oh, that's yeah, that's right. That's right. I, gra yeah, I graduated a year before... A year before your sister-in-law. Yeah. Fellow fellow Jews. No, not them. No, you, me. me. Yeah, I'm, no, yes. me and you. Yes. Fellow Hebrews. Did you get, were you Bob Mitzvah? No, I was not. No? No. But all the boys got it because, you know, it's very traditional for the boys. Wait, so the boys got it and you didn't get it? It's super true. That's bullshit. It is bullshit. But you know what? That's okay because I guilted my mom for three years after and she gave me a big, big sweet 16. <laughs> Are you the, so wait, you you have older brothers, older sisters, what? Older brothers. Two um, older brothers? Yep, two older brothers, one younger. Would you say you were the most driven of all of them? 
Yeah, you know, I think if my brothers were in the room right now, they would say Stacy's like the president of the family. Everybody goes to Stacy. Stacy like is running the family. <laughs> so I maybe that no bar mitzvah thing was the uh, was the motivator. Maybe. That's uh so how many so like I said, you you burst you and I met in a kind of an interesting way. Which just goes to show you how omnipresence is super important and how you really have to be branding all the time. Like people hit me up and they're like, oh, how do you get deals? I'm like, I do 300 fucking things all the time. Don't sleep, aren't married, like no kids. It's just pandemonium. And this is kind of testament to that. So you were driving around because you were looking for properties. Yeah, actually, I had a list of leads I was following up on, people that wouldn't pick up my calls, stuff like that. I was getting frustrated. I figured, let me go, get in the car. I'll leave my flyer on doors and stuff like that. And I pulled up to the house in Massapequa, and I see handsome home buyers and Captain Permit signs on the front lawn. And I'm thinking, who are these people? But I'm going to call that superhero guy, and I'm going to get a permit for my Red House project. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know that it was even the same company because I was writing down phone numbers by the front lawn, really. And uh, then, you know, you guys came, Ryan came mm -hmm. to my red house and he was like, you know, Charles did the seafoam greenhouse that was on the corner. And I was like, who is Charles? And who did my seafoam greenhouse, which was like my, my oh, childhood right. landmark of where to turn into my neighborhood. <laughs> After I bought that, everyone's like, oh yeah, the Seafoam Greenhouse. I'm like, that's like known? Like people know about this people, place? Everyone knew about, when I was a kid, it was the Ice Cream Greenhouse and uh. we all ran down there with our bikes and you know our skateboards and stuff to literally catch the Ice Cream mm. Man. Um, and uh, they were really nice people that lived there before. They were much older. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so you guys came to my red house and then I connected with you directly because I wanted to, you know, kind of build. I realized that you're local, I'm local, and my entire shtick is I want to work with local people and kind of make better with the community. So how long have you been in real estate for? About eight and a half years. Really? Yeah. Oh, so this is not like, this is, you are not the over, this is the 10 year overnight success. This is the 10 year overnight success, but this is over 2020, the very first time that I am completely out on my own. I'm not partners with other people other than my own family. And uh, I'm in my own boat for the first time. So explain to people like exactly, you know, who you are, what you've done, and basically your, your real estate background. Sure. Um, well, first I spent 13 years as a bill collector, which may not seem relevant. And That uh, is gold right there. I took it for granted for so many years. I was like, oh, I was a bill collector. For 13 years? 13 years. How? My dad actually worked with me there too, and my younger brother. Wow. Yeah. Um, and... Um, it was great. I mean, like I was collecting $100,000 a month in past due bills. So the commission checks back then were sick. I was 18 years old. It was awesome. I was paying for college with it. And it was honest work, you know, so I didn't, you don't have to do things that other kids were doing back then to pay for school. Did you, um, not to cut you off, but there's sure. like, there's gems in here. What was the, did you have an issue overcoming like the anxiety of cold calling or you just always never had a problem with that? Because that's like a really tough thing for people and that's how you get a shit ton of business. Sure, um, I think being on the phones is the best way. You know, a lot of people think texting is great, but I think people have to hear your voice that you're real and sincere. Yeah. Um, and for sure, when I started being a bill collector, I was very nervous to be on the phone. I would like pick up the phone and not really dial. Like I would just, oh my God, like what's gonna happen? And I had a trainer named Christina at Sunrise Credit Services and she would be like, okay, and if they hang up on you, then what? So what? Pick up the phone and do it again. What's gonna happen to you? 
Are you gonna cry? Is something bad gonna happen? And I kind of, it got into me like, Jesus. no, you. She's love shit right she's, there. She's right though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> she's totally right because you know, like, you talked about this before. Like, you have to get over yourself. You know, like you're sitting there. No one could even see you. They don't even know who you are, where you're from. What is there to really be afraid about? They're not rejecting you. They're just rejecting the sound bite of whatever just came out of your mouth. Sure. You know, or the concept that you're delivering to them, you know? So after I spent 13 years doing that, I I got a job working for Steinweiner and Roth, and I ran the first legal department. Um, And then I kind of also got involved with Ed Weiner, who is one of the partners there, and he bought a lot of the foreclosures from the bank and turned oh, really? them into investments. What was he buying packages from the banks? Yeah, so like- uh, This Do- is like crash time, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, actually, no, I, it's after crash time, but I wasn't, I didn't even know what a short sale was yet. So if it, if it was after crash time, it's like I wasn't really in the know. Okay. You know? Um, and I used to start the foreclosures, do all the research and um, kind of turn and burn. It was like a mill. And then I was lucky enough uh, to have a legal headhunter place me with a real estate wholesale firm, and I had no idea what that even was. I didn't know what that meant. They have headhunters for that? They reached out to me. Wow. And they said, you know, they're looking for a paralegal, which I thought was strange. You know, I didn't know how I would fit. Within 90 days time, I was running their legal department. I was monitoring foreclosures, kind of monetizing deals and within a year's time i was sourcing legal distress figuring out how to undo the legal distress or figuring out how to leverage legal distress to monetize a property so when you say legal distress explain what you mean by that um tax liens um violations from the city you know different stuff that you have with hpd out there than you don't have out here um foreclosures tax lien foreclosures maybe estate issues anything that falls under that category that would need a court. Okay. And this was you and you cut you cut your teeth essentially in the boroughs, which is really like the most cutthroat, fucked up, hardest place to do anything, especially real estate. Yeah, I think that, you know, so cutthroat that on a monthly basis there was like people after your job or people, you know, it's just I'm having a different experience working on Long Island, thank yeah. God, you know, but I, cutthroat is an understatement. Yeah. No, it's crazy. I remember I started doing real estate here, and then after like a year or two, uh, East New York, Brooklyn started getting a little hot. Like I saw that East New York was going to start blowing up, so sure. I started I started going in there to check out properties, and guys were pulling contracts out of their pockets. Like yeah. it was so dirty. Yeah, lean Big, over, sign here. <laughs> bags of cash. Like I'm just like, this is not. That's the beautiful thing about Long Island that I love. You know, it's not perfect, but you can come out here and do business like an adult without that kind of sketchy shit for the most part. Yeah, for sure. And people pay with certified checkout here, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there's, there's that too. But the cool thing that seems to be developing, and, and you're really, you know, a big part of this also, is this this ecosystem that that is starting to, you know, recently develop in the last few months where everybody is kind of working together. And I feel like if everybody works together, we all essentially end up doing more business. I agree. Which I is agree very with cool. you. I agree uh, I like being around people, like-minded people, people who can talk about the same kind of knowledge and stuff like that, you know, so the, collaborating and working in a group almost feels natural for this industry. It feels like you mm. can't do without it. So what led you to essentially go out on your own and what are you doing now? So now um, I'm wholesaling properties. I am 
hopefully going to renovate more than just the red house over the next year or so and hopefully by the end of the year i will acquire at least two rentals nice that's the goal yeah it is the goal i would love to be a section eight landlord um and uh i love those little cottages in belmore in particular so, in belmore yeah those little two-bedroom cottages in belmore i love them in particular i'm not gonna see one today <laughs> there you but go. i uh i hope that you know when I leave this world, there's a nice rental portfolio sitting there for my sons to say thank you for. Wow, good for you. That's awesome. So, what was the um, what was the transition for you like from you know working a full time thing for somebody else, and then eventually just going on your own? And and what kind of like pushed you to do that? You know, there's a strange feeling that comes over you when you know you've kind of either outgrown the place you live or you have overstayed your welcome, or both. And I think that I, there was something in me that just knew that I had more knowledge than I needed to be working for someone else. And while I say I do love to collaborate with people, I really enjoy working with you and with Josh and with everybody that I do business with. I get an extremely, uh, the benefits are endless, you know, business-wise and personally. But it's very different when you're working hourly for somebody else and you know you have the skills, you're just like afraid. And one day I just wasn't afraid anymore. I had a fight with my boss and he was just like, I don't need another boss in the room. And I walked out and I said, you wanna know what? He's right. He doesn't need another boss in the room. I need to be on my own. Wow, good for you. Thank you. And what happened? You just like, I'm out? Yeah, I mean, I didn't completely bounce out, but I started my own wholesale pipeline without their resources, without their help. You know, I had some stuff that was still going on with them that I rolled out, you know, eventually. Um, the Actually, the last house just closed. Yeah. And, um, you know, getting a couple of wholesale deals and generating some cash was great. But really, I think what kind of pushed me was the red house. Because actually, I don't know if you realize this, but I... I messaged you once about the red. Oh, you do remember. I remember. And I thought to myself, man, I'm so lucky that he said no to me. I'm so lucky that he said this house is too expensive for him because if I didn't have this real life experience right now, I couldn't replace it with anything else because I didn't get a real estate education. I didn't have a mentor up until now. I'm so thankful to have people helping me. The red house forced me to be like, you want to know what? I'm going to show people all the mistakes I'm making. I don't know why, but I'm just going to do it. And I started to kind of like grow into whatever Olex is becoming now. Oh, that's awesome. So, and that's, you know, people just talk about documenting people's processes. Like when we talk about the social media stuff, people are always like, you know, what do I talk about? Whether if you're an agent or an investor, that's what you talk about. You're like, I'm going to be super vulnerable and I'm going to say I'm doing this and I don't know everything but I'm gonna figure it out. And you guys are gonna publicly watch me figuring it out and hopefully it ends up helping somebody else. Yeah, not, you know, or even if it doesn't help them, it's really inspirational, I think, to people when you don't realize, I've been very fortunate to work with the Lehman School and some high school kids. Mm -hmm. And it's really because they saw the videos of the Red House that I made with Josh Handler and they were like, there's just something about how you're showing everything. We wanna know more, teach us, how do we do that? And it's so rewarding feeling. I never expected stuff like that to come my way. Yep, it's a very cool byproduct of uh, of what we do. So talk about you know the setup. The cool thing you did, which I think is smart, is you you did a tra- you transitioned. 
So how long did it take you to transition out of your full-time job into, you know, basically being on your own? I think the total was about a year, actually. Okay. And I have to admit, I didn't rip the Band-Aid off on my own. Um, you know, we kind of had a, a coming to head and, you know, we went our separate ways kind of abruptly one day. Um, but for anyone that's listening to this, don't let it take that long. I was ready at the six-month mark to say, I need to go. But I was too afraid of, what if I can't pay the mortgage next month? What if I can't pay for childcare? What if I literally don't have gas in my car to drive Oliver to school? You know, like I, that fear of my own overhead kind of kept me in, in, in place longer than it should have. And you know what? If I would have left at that six month mark, I would be m- m- in a much better place now than I was. Yeah, no, I mean, I wouldn't. You're, you're going to get anywhere you want to go. Maybe it'll take six months longer or three months longer, but. You can't look back on that. But I understand that that makes sense, especially you in your situation. I mean, you had a family, which, and that speaks to a lot of people that, that want to get into this. Like people DM me all the time. They're like, I really want to, you know, do what you do. I want to get into this business. I hate my nine to five, but I have, you know, two kids. I have to pay for college. I have this, I have that. Like that's real shit. It is real shit. But I think that um, people make excuses. 100%. And I make excuses. And, you know, uh, you see, I, I carry a, a four-year-old around with me all day. I don't know how you, I constantly am like amazed by you <laughs> and like what you do. You know, you're calling me up and we're going over stuff and I'm just like, how do you do this? A lot of juggling, a lot of, uh, you know. Do you sleep? I do sleep. I, I do actually sleep a full night every night. Yeah? I sh- like seven, eight hours sleep? Like six hours. Jesus. I totally do. Um, but you know, the pandemic took my childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, The pandemic closed public school. Oliver was out of public school for a long time. Then Oliver got to go back. You know, all of this stuff happened and I still got this far. So people who are saying I don't have the time, you can find it. It's just a matter of like how much, how creative you can you be? So talk about the process of like setting up the business. Did you, um, did you know exactly what you're doing? Was it just... (laughs) No, I guess that's, <laughs> no, that's, that's a, a hard no. It's a hard no. It well, just seemed like you have, I mean, and your training, your whole life has basically been about this moment in the sense that yeah. <laughs> your, your life has trained you to be where you are right now. Between the legal work, between the cold calling, it's literally the perfect blend for what you want to do. I don't think I knew it though until like maybe three months ago. Well, you can't, you can only connect the dots looking backwards. Well, that's true. Um, and I think that I've always felt like a failure because really? I, it took me so long to get through college and I didn't come out with a degree that I saw as useful and all of this different stuff. But you know, now putting the business together, I, I don't try to reinvent the wheel. I take good idea, good idea, reinvent old ideas, you know, or rework old ideas. Um, I do everything virtually. I do everything through a CRM. I use pipedrive.com for not only my file management, but I manage my employees mm-hmm. um, there. And um, I'm using all of my old bill collections training to train the callers and they are killing it and they're happy on the phones and they're having a good time. That's awesome. And it's and all virtual. It's all virtual. Everyone's at home. Um, and at some point I'll give everyone their own like setup at home that's real good. And maybe I'll have an office space one day, but it's not really important to me right now. What's no. important to me is making a name for reliable, hands-on, more involved wholesales because there's a lack of it. I feel like wholesalers are like, here, have this deal, figure the rest out. And then you wind up with title issues, you may wind up with loose ends. I wanna be the type of wholesaler that's 
there from beginning to end. So using pipedrive.com and making sure that everything is managed in one place for me is essential. How do you like that CRM though? I love I've it. I've heard about it. I have, I've never used it, but I heard about it. I'm in the middle of like building out. Did you have to... Did you have to have it built out or you just out of the box, boom? No, it's fully customizable. You yeah. could literally add fields as you go, yep. take away. It, and I like it because I want things to say funky things. You know, maybe I want foreclosure update status or yeah. whatever, you know. And I do kind of like is as my ideas change, I don't have to call someone to make a change to the CRM. I could change it on my own. Okay. Yeah. So you basically, you're building it out on your own. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I'm I'm implementing a new CRM and I'm having it built out and it's like, I could never do this on my own. Like, well, building just, proprietary software though can be so key to differentiating yourself from everybody. Yeah, and I just feel like it never it never ends. But that's really like when we get back to, you know, to deal flow and talking to people and people are always like, how do you get deals? How do you get deals? I'm like, dude, or you, it's it's everything. You have to be doing everything. It depends. Well, really, again, the great thing about real estate is it could be as big or as little as you want. So if you want it to be big, you have to do everything. And that comes down to the CRMs and the mailers and the driving and the cold calls and the social media and everything. Yeah, I think if you don't do everything, you're kind of cutting yourself short. Yeah. You know, like it's great to do a couple of deals a month, but why not do like 10 every month? You know, if you set yourself up for success, if you become dedicated. I love driving for dollars also though, because even when people call you um, with properties, you could kind of visualize where it is, you know what I mean? You kind of already get a sense of the neighborhood because you've been out there and you know. Yeah. No, it's true. And when you're out there, and, and you have to constantly be going out there. Like, if you, if I go out there and drive around through a neighborhood and I drive around that neighborhood three months later, I'll see different things that I didn't see before. 100%. You know, you have to get out in the street. You have to talk to people, talk to neighbors. You know, some of the best deals I've gotten, ironically, or multifamily type deals is just having conversations. So I'll see like a, you know, a, just a crappy multifamily apartment building. I'll get out. I'll talk to the tenants. What's going on here? Oh, he never comes by. Oh, he's had it for a hundred years. Oh, my rent's like $3. <laughs> then you know. Sometimes they give you the information, you track them down, you reach out. Those are really how the best deals are, are, are made. Are you uh, into things now like using, instead of driving for dollars, are you into things like using PropStream and stuff like that? I've looked at PropStream. That's why, so my deal flow for my entire career has been very heavily relationship-based. Mm -hmm. And like I went out and made tons of connections and networked and always helped people. And as a result, I just get a lot of deals that way. To get to like the disrespectfully crazy level that I that I want to get to um, before transitioning I um, I know I have to do everything yeah and I, I want to do everything because it's it's fun I want to like push myself and see like to have all those avenues of like guys running to auctions heavy social media um, doing the mailers doing the cold calls having the team doing that um, just building the relationships, networking. What else? What am I? What am I missing? Just all kinds of creative things to to bring in business. You you have to do it. I love the nursing home connection. You have to do that. Oh, that the uh, the the funeral parlor. <laughs> yeah. The, you, you never know. You you have to. You know, and it seems cold hearted. You know, someone actually very recently said to me, like, "Don't you feel like a scumbag calling people?" <laughs> and they're like, "So sorry, your mom died, but what is she doing with that empty house?" You know, like, and it's like, you know, sometimes I feel bad. Sometimes people, what do you say? What do you say when you call them? Sometimes I I kind of lead forward with my name is Stacy, and I just wanted to before I go further say I'm really sorry for your loss. And a lot of times people right up front are like. 
she wants the damn house. This is what she's calling about. Yep. You know, they know right away. Okay. And sometimes people will be like, you know, fuck off, go away. Don't talk to me. My mom just died. Yeah. And other times people are like, I just spent seventeen thousand dollars of on a funeral. Thank God you called. Yeah. You know, people need money sometimes. It's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. It really is. That's why when I talk to people about that, I'm like, listen, it's a numbers game. You have to call two hundred people. Like really the the industry stats are 200 calls converts to a deal. That's yep. like nationwide industry stats. Yeah. And that's what it takes. Yep. I mean, and it's a lot of dead numbers and it's a lot of, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah, it's the, the, dial, the physical dialing of the phone. I forget the statistic, but it's actually the biggest drain of time on your business. Like you need that automatic dialer just to cut down the, the pickup dial put down, you know? Oops, yeah. sorry. Um, <laughs> Um, does, does that hook into your, you have that hooked into your CRM where it just sets up the automatic yeah, dialer and you rock through? Yeah, I could yeah. either copy and paste a number and hit call or I could actually just click on the number and it goes straight to my cell phone or into my headset. And it actually increases my calls by about 15%. It's yep. noticeable. Yeah, no, without a doubt. And I mean, and just, it, it, it's a process. But first you have to do everything yourself and then you realize how to automate it. You know, you get someone that's in there scrubbing data, you have them uploading things and then people are just banging through. But it's a, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to set something like that up. But once it's moving, it's moving. I'm definitely still in the... Setting up... Uh... Yeah, you know, because certain things like, you know, if I get a list of a thousand new leads, I don't really have that person that puts them into the CRM, assigns them to callers. I'm still doing those nitty gritty tasks. So I'm still working on that small stuff. Um, But I think it's important that I'm hands on from the bottom because I wanna know every single thing in my own business. I write down to taking the trash out. Yeah, well that's, you've read the E-Myth, right? Did we talk about this? No. You you never met, uh, read the E-Myth? No. You should read the E-Myth. Okay. So the E-Myth is basically this book that talks about franchise model, standard operating procedure, which ultimately I feel like you already understand, but it's just an interesting read. So it talks about the different mentalities of people in regards to the business. There's a worker mentality, a manager mentality, and then an entrepreneur mentality. And it talks about how people get stuck at you know different levels and they never get to the entrepreneur part where they can work on their business, not in their business. Sure. They're essentially buying a job. But what they say is, when I read this book, I owned Mako, which is oh, yeah. a franchise. So it was kind of cool to actually see it and, and make the parallels, draw the parallels. But it says that you should do every job in your business. And then once you perfect it, you should write a manual for that particular job. And then you should use the manual to replace yourself and hire somebody to replace yourself. Mm. With the premise of every business should be developed like a franchise so that you can grow your business and be the entrepreneur. I guess that's kind of what I did with my bill collections training. I mm-hmm. I, I wrote like a calling yeah. training manual and yeah. gave it to my callers. And it really is just the same training I already had. Yeah, or people with videos or yeah. whatever it is. But that stuff is so, so, so important. And it, it enables you to, to really get to that level where you're working on the business. Yeah. yeah so I'm it's a cool a read. You should check that out. Yeah, I'm totally going to. But it seems like innately you just get it. And you seem very organized. Like you're you're on point. Like you're really, you're doing it. Thank you. I'm trying real hard, man. But it, it hasn't been that long. You've have, you're having a lot of success. So it just goes to show, like, the preparation is so important. Like, I had, I was in the supermarket yesterday trying to buy fruit, and a, and a kid <laughs> called me, and he's like, I hear you answer questions. And I'm like, bro, send me a DM. Like, I'm trying to buy fruit right now. I have, like, three things in my hand. <laughs> and he was just like, you know, I want to just, I, I want to go out and, like, buy a two-family. I want to just start buying real estate. I'm like, you can't, you can't do that. You need to, like, spend time, get the education, 
prepare, put everything together so that when you go out there, you'll be successful. Okay. No, and it's frustrating. I remember you and I had a conversation where you were you were moving and you had deals coming in. And then you're like, January, I had to like scale back because I had to like do all this shit so that I could just get it to the next level. And I'm like, sometimes you need to do that. Yeah, you know, I uh, I haven't paid myself in a long time, and all of the money I make goes directly back into building the business because I know a year from now, if I'm feeling this much success and happiness right now, and I feel like I have barely made a scratch. Mm-hmm. I just think that uh, a year from now, it'll be like, who knows? It could be so much bigger. Crazy. Yeah. And listen, I've seen operations across the country where people do 100, 200, 300, 1,000 plus deals a year. It is like the sky's the limit. For sure. It and just I, depends on what you want to do. I love the virtual wholesaling. You know, actually, you and I talked about paper pushing on the phone, and I think that I'm having so much fun with this idea of what all the possibilities of wholesaling could be that I'm really excited about even doing it in other states and just kind of like sitting in my own house. There are people that do. Did you see that podcast with that lady? I forgot her name. Lauren. Lauren Hardy. Yeah. Yeah. She does. She lives in California and she wholesales in like Tennessee and wherever else. Tennessee's popping off right now for wholesaling. Actually, everybody's buying uh, like short-term vacation rentals by the mountains. You're already, you're already there. You're already looking at it. I'm super into like the idea of vacation rentals because look, you know, like the pandemic changed how people vacation, right? Even if the whole world opened up tomorrow, people still aren't going to go back to hotels the way they were. Yes. Right? But people still want a vacation yep. and they want to be in their own private place. What better than your own cabin in the middle of nowhere? Right? People like to camp and stuff like that. That's like a whole industry. I want to capitalize on it. I'm super excited about that part because then I'll also have my own safe places to go vacation. <laughs> will you go on vacation? Can, um, can you vacation? I will not vacation without work. You know what I mean? The the laptop and the phone goes e- everywhere. But mm-hmm. that's the great thing about setting yourself up virtually and me not really being a landlord yet. I can still kind of go. I can mm. work on vacation from my laptop if I wanted to. It's like the beautiful thing about it. That's the most amazing thing about real estate and then be, um, you know, creating a business the right way is that it awards you those opportunities. Sure. So what's the future of Olex Properties look like? Uh, short term, become a Section 8 landlord by the end of the year, get at least two more renovations and try to get 50 wholesale deals this year. Okay. Long term, create more time to sit on the grass with my kids. So that means more rentals. Good for you, that's awesome. Listen, if people, I love you, I appreciate everything about you, you inspire me, um, and I'm thrilled to be working with you, it's really an honor. Yeah, oh please, I, I am, I'm so lucky and thankful to be doing anything with you. I'm, I'm really appreciative Thank to you. even be here today. No, this is, this is great, it really is, and uh, I look forward to what happens in the future. Likewise. So uh, if people are interested, if they wanna follow along, where do they find you? How do they get in touch with you? I know you're everywhere and soon to be even more because you're working with uh, Matt Our Visual, I hear. Yes, I am. Shout out to Matt. I'm super excited. Which is he super already excited. started. And uh, I'm on Instagram at olex.properties. I'm also at Facebook at olex.properties. And if anyone has any questions, you could email, it, email me at olexproperties at gmail. Love it. Obviously, I'm the handsome home buyer. Again, if you have a house, property, commercial development, trailer park, I don't care what it is. 516-777-SOLD. If you have a permit problem, you know where you got to go. Captain P, all day, every day. 516-513-8838. That's a wrap. 